0: Chapter 4. Praise God. Mark chapter 4. Now, Barry, I don't know how you're going to title this, so I'm not even going to help you because I'm not sure yet. Praise the Lord. But I, I am on this and have been on it for several weeks and been talking to Debbie about it and just, you know, talking to my friends about it, about how we ought to use our lives in a way probably different than we have to cause increase in other people. We ought to use our lives to influence and help other people. And I'm going to tell you the reward of that and how you're going to do it, because everybody in here would go, wow, you know, I I know I want to and I should help other people. But the Lord wants you to be a direct and a deliberate help to other people, and he's going to help you do it. And it's going to cause promotion and increase to come into your life. We've been talking about keystones, and a keystone we've looked at is a principle or a strategy that produces exponentially more than the norm. Anything that's a keystone in your life is something that comes into your life that pushes your whole life forward. It's just one area, but it pushes your whole life forward. We looked at the man at uh, Acts chapter 3, the man at the gate beautiful. He just needed some strength in his ankles but his whole life was in the ditch. And he got that strength in his ankles, and his whole life went forward. He didn't need the total overhaul. And you and I have had things in our lives that that shut us down across the board, and it was just one area. And so that's what a keystone. And when you're you're in battle against great odds, we know that from the uh, uh, story about the man that was the paralytic, That his four crazy friends got him up on the roof and, you know, lowered him down. We need each other. You can go a long ways on your own, and praise God, we're not just little babies that have to have somebody hold our hand all the way, but there are times, and they are not few, that we have to have each other, and that when we have each other, it's not just like they're, this is my point tonight, they're not just like, well, they add one to you, so one plus one is two, that when they add to you, you have a keystone and you go forward at an exponential rate. And if we were to key in on that and to operate in that principle more, we would have greater success, more results, with, with less effort. But there's some walls and barriers and some paradigms in our, in our thinking that have to come down for us to get out of the me mode and into the we mode. Because when we traditionally think along this line, we're thinking that if I give a half a day to you or a hundred dollars to you, then I've lost a half a day and a hundred dollars, and I'm glad to do it when I can. But you know, not realizing that actually that may be the the very opportunity, the window that opens that causes everything to break loose. But we have to take it from Scripture, so we're going to do that very thing tonight uh, in Mark chapter four. I'm, I look here at some things that talked about levels or multiples of increase. Just to get you in a framework of thinking here, it says in chapter 4, verse 20, uh, talking about the parable of the sower. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. And look here. And bring forth some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. 30, 60, 100. And then we, if we look in verse... Uh, um, let's see. I wrote down the wrong verse. Let's see here. Uh, verse 28. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. So everything's not just the same. It's not like, well, I put my dollar in the plate tonight. That's, you know, cha-ching. It's like, you know, you put in a, in a Coke machine, you put in 65 cents, you get a drink out. This isn't like that where it's one for one. There's different levels of return or multiples of increase based on what we do that change, that can increase, that can, that can be more than our need at one particular time. You may just have the same seed that met a certain need Before, you still just have that same seed. It could go out there and increase. Uh, In Romans chapter 12, it talks about uh, uh, when he said to renew your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect. So there's three levels there, three multiples there. And it's all through the Word of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, turn there and... uh, We'll look at this. I've I've stumbled onto something here, and I'm not sure that all of it that it means, but, you know, we'll extract what we can tonight and just see if it sparks something in your heart. Chapter 32, uh, verse 30. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says uh, in verse 30, here's a principle. Just hidden. It's just it's, it's hidden like a nugget. It's just talking along, and, and you wouldn't even get this except that, that it would apply to the kingdom. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? Now look at that. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? And it goes on, and it talks about the, the context that it's in there. But he's talking there about how one can chase a thousand but if you put another one in the chase that you up your capacity to ten thousand. Now if you work that out numerically one can put a thousand so you've got you've got the base of one is a thousand and then if you have two you can do ten thousand all of a sudden the exponential is ten. One is one thousand so two puts ten thousand so I can already tell if me and Jimmy got together we could do things he, when he could do one thousand and I could do one thousand, but together we could do ten thousand. We have had a fivefold increase by doing it together. If we're in agreement, if we're on the same page, if he's not mad at me for taking him off of his, you know, out of his nap or you know whatever that sort of thing is, where everybody's going, yeah, yeah, let's do it. We understand. In Leviticus chapter twenty-six, slip left there. These these two these principles are hidden. And uh, you gotta, you got to f- look for them. you got to have to say, Lord, how can I get my life out there without just going and getting another job? 26, 8. Here's another part of that same thing. And it says, in five of you, and five of you shall chase a hundred. So the base there is five. And a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. So here's God's revealing something here. That, uh, that's not um, reasonable arithmetic. There's, he's put a, a, uh, a factor in there that where you can engage the supernatural power of God and get something done. So the factor here is if five can put a hundred to flight, then a hundred can put ten thousand. If five can put a, a hundred so that it's one to twenty... One can put 20 if you just boil it down. And then you can say, but then you could go up that one could put 100 to flight. So we have even greater exponentials here in Leviticus revealed than there was in Deuteronomy. So the point being there is, is that it's not just these four standards. God can get more done when we work together than when we pull one by ourselves. That's all it's proven. I'm not trying to get you down to particular numbers or say, you know, exactly how much would this happen. It's just that we can enter into the multiples of God by getting into, into faith and getting into agreement that, listen, if you and I hook up, we're not just two guys that just, you know, we're going to take the same coffee break together. We'll literally get more done together. We've seen that happen in corporate prayer. You know where you come together and you, everybody's praying at home. Everybody's you know uh, calling on God on the way to work and everything that we do. But then when we come together, we come into a new dimension that none of us have experienced on our own, and we seem to get more done in forty-five minutes than any of us could have imagined that we went over and got there together. So when Annette and, uh, comes up with something and calls it out, and and, uh, and and Pam, you know, says something, and Debbie says something, Carl says something. Well, then all of us sudden everything that they are becomes available to us individually and we have the whole and literally we ten that one puts 10,000 10 puts 10,000 to fly so we need to operate in that there's no way you can you can make it where Jesus said I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly that you can get there one-on-one that's the thing about earning a wage. When you work for nine dollars an hour, you got to make 100 dollars, you've got to work several hours. But if you're in business, or you have some sort of thing going, uh, beyond that, where, where there's an exponential in there, you can work that many hours, and you might take home 200 dollars. Of course, now if you're a sluggard, you might just take home a dollar. <laughs> you know, it could happen that <laughs> you had a note. But anyway, we're not those people. And here's the key is your father and our father wants us to prosper. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to get out there. And people will tell you, good Christian people will tell you, well, if God, if God gave you a head, he expects you to use it. Listen, most of our heads are just for identification purposes. And really, it's just the tattoo on your pinky is not always the best and... So, you know, we we need to not rely so much on this head as far as, you know, getting out there. We need to come down. We need to move south and get down in here. This is where the mind of Christ is, is down in here. And this thing, if the truth were told and we will tell it, it's at war against this up here unless it's renewed. Unless you renew this and train it to think like this, this could be an enemy. You might even have to get past your head, much less rely on it and depend on it, and say, "Well, God gave us a brain; He expects us to use it." That's just a cop out for not praying, not believing, not stepping out in God, the supernatural. So, so that's nothing. So, there's uh, two kinds of increase in the earth that you can access, two kinds of ways to prosper, two, two ways you're going to go forward your life. And there's nobody in here that doesn't want to go forward your life. Everybody in here, it doesn't matter how old you are, how many kids you've had or haven't had, everybody in here wakes up the, tomorrow morning is going to wake up and saying, I want increase. And I expect this to be a better day than what I had. At least as good. At least as good. And when we don't have one as good, we don't compare it to the little people over in India and and in Indonesia and say, well, you know, they had a worse day than me and I, I, I should be grateful. No, we compare it to what the days we've had because we expect increase. And Father put that in us. And he wants you to have increase. He wants you to pull on the word. But in that, you have to release yourself more and more. You you have to take you more and more out of the equation and put Jesus in there and say, greater is he that is in me than me. (laughs) Me is there, but greater is he that's in me. But if I don't access in me, I'm going to be left with me. And so, me is not that good. We all know what me looks like. It looks like however much you make it made and how, you know, your relationships, the whole thing. We know what me can do. And so, we're saying, well, oh, that's not that great. I, I could do better if, if we could do better. And the Lord wants us to prosper. Two ways to prosper. Number one is the world's way. We know this, it's called competition. I looked up competition in the, in the dictionary, thought you might want to know. It means a struggle or a rivalry. It means a contest for a prize. It means a contest or a, or a challenge for honor or an advantage. Competition. Then I put this in here. This is me. It means to be mindful of yourself in relationship to others. Just think about competition. When you're in competition with someone, guess what you're doing? You're thinking about me. And so you, you're looking at somebody else and thinking, that's the mark I've got to go past. That's the one. That's who I've got to get around. That's who I've got to be better than. Uh, it means to be assumed to be superior. People, that, people when, when someone that they don't even want to be in competition with is so great and tremendous, they don't even consider them if they think that, the, that they're superior. But if you think you're better than anybody, bless God, you, you're, you have a tendency to let's compete. All right. It means to excel among competitors. Competition means to excel. It means to acquire their position, their goods, or their honor. You think about competition in the ministry, in business, in the nation, in among people. All the girls, you girls that work in the office, you think about the competition. And the guys have competition too, but it's not usually in the office as much as it is and, and their goods, their position, and their honor. So it's to acquire somebody else. It's not, not enough a lot of times just to say, well, I'm doing as good as you. They really would rather just like to knock them out and take their place. It's pure covetousness. Uh, it means to defend, to conquer another by contest for personal gain. Competition is bad. I know it's, it's, it's not always bad in the sense of, of uh, what it's done in the natural realm. And so we're not disparaging the Olympics and football games and all of that. Not disparaging that because that is just entertainment. And that's because we don't take on their competition or we shouldn't. You know, just because we're in Tuscaloosa doesn't mean that we can have a right to to hate people that wear that crazy orange. (laughs) But, you know, it can get on you. I'm telling you, it can get on you. It's supposed to be just entertainment and just fun, and then we leave it alone. So uh, so we, we've got to decide how we're going to advance. And you go, well, okay, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm telling you, it's not as easily peeled off as you might think. Competition is inherent in the way we were raised. Our mamas dressed us the best we could. We went to the best schools. We wore the best shoes. We, you know, my dad's trying to buy the best car. You know, it's all a thing of image. It's all a thing of keeping up with the Joneses. That's just a part of who we are. And so there's an inherent part of it in us. But God wants us to live above that and get it his way. He wants all the glory. He wants all the credit and so we got to do it his way for him to, for us to say he it's his his way now what you do is you do you do your life for a while and you find out what the standard is here's what Michael can do you road test that and say well here's my best idea and here's my best day and here's my best hairdo and here's my best you know presentation and you find out what the standard is and then you say okay God that's what we gotta do I, Michael can do that can you do better and then you get this all I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me on you. Psalm 75, let's look at Psalm 75. Praise the Lord. Now this message is just an it's just an attitude adjustment. We're not we're not sitting here scolding or or correcting or trying to fix anything. It's just a perspective. It's just like I'm here. I'm turned on to God. I want to do it God's way, but I want an edge. You need an edge on you. Everybody in here can lose your edge. They say a dull knife can hurt you faster than a sharp knife. Cuz you'll you'll take that knife and try to work it and then it'll it'll skin off instead of doing the job and then that dull knife will be in you instead of on the on the on the stick, okay. Psalm seventy-five and verse uh, uh, six: For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge; he putteth down one and setteth up another. So there is that opportunity to let God be your promotion. He wants to. He's in charge. He's got the. He's got the avenue and the the um, the motive. To bring you to your optimum life. And he sent Jesus to facilitate it. And he moved the Holy Ghost inside where you would, could do it effortlessly. If you got to strain and, and, and sweat and carry on to get God's promotion, you just well go out and just, you know, do it in the world. But he said, I have come that you might have life. Then he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this is supposed to be, we'll tune in, we'll have enough doing it that way to have plenty of promotion and time left over to enjoy life. To do what you really do want to do. You know that's what God intends. All the things you said, I wish I had time for, I wish we had money for, I, you know, someday I'm going to retire and get to do it. That is wrong thinking. The Lord has an intention for you to live that life now. Say right now. Now, that's his intention. The things that are in you that draw you and saying, I'd just like to help people. And I'd like to go out uh, outreach. And I'd like to give this. And I'd like to host that. And those are all things by the Holy Ghost. Those are things God has put in you. But you and I are tied to a system that keeps us and prevents us from us. One thing is, is we've got to get healed. And the second thing is, is we've got to know how much money we have in Christ Jesus. We've got to get our money right. Well, I just, I just want to talk about Jesus. Don't want to talk about that money. Well, you, you know, you're just going to have to go to work every day all your life because you're not going to have the money. Amen? Luke 12. This is a perspective. Verse 15 says, Take heed and beware of covetousness. for This is so good. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesses, possess that he has. Hallelujah. That's Luke 12, 15. I'm going to read it again. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. So we've got to get that edge off that just says, you know, I'm after stuff. don't mean to be, but we need it. And we've got to get away from that. Turn to Mark chapter 9, if you would. Not Mark chapter 9. Let's just get a little bump here, and then we're going to go into the teaching. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 9, verse 35. Praise his name. It says in verse 33, He came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What is it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and saith unto him, If any man desire to be first... Say first. Now listen, it's in us to be first. You were raised with being first. I mean, it's not even bad that you'd say, you know, baby, you're the prettiest girl there. And son, you're, you know, you, you're the best. And, you know, life is on you. We have that, but sometimes we, you know, get the in Christ part mixed up with, with me. But he said, if any man desire to be first, he didn't, he said, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. So he tells us how to do it. How to get the thing, the dream that's inside of you to get it out is that you have to develop a servant posture. Now, we are not servants biblically. We are sons. Old Testament people were servants and not sons. They, you look up the word father in the Old Testament, you can hardly find it in a sense of, of speaking to God. He was not father then. We became father when we were born again. He became father to us when we were born again. But, but he expects us and, and even demands of us to receive from him as sons. But we have an attitude of servants. Sons can do anything. They don't have to do anything. That's why I had a man in the jail last night that just said, Listen, I have, I have served the devil. I have been a warrior for the devil. I am an ex-Satan worshiper and he said I got the ink on me under these clothes to prove it he said it's all over me and he said and I'm just telling you because you don't know who he is he said he said I'm I'm born again I got saved last May but I'm not sure God can forgive me for all that I've done and you know it's like this is real and so you know what we take for granted you know oh I stole I stole the Snicker bars from the store when, I was, store when I was nine years old oh God forgive me this man You know, he's got some issues that the blood... you have. That's when you reconcile, can the blood do it? Can the blood do it? You have to... You know, you and I are going, yeah, snicker bar, the blood got that, you know. (laughs) But devil worship for a number of years and drug and just the things that... You just go, wow, can the blood do it? Huh. And then you go, well, if it can do that, it can do it. And so you have these issues where people are looking in their life and saying, how am I going to get there? You're going to get there the same way we get there, the ones that are successful businessmen, men that are wealthy, men that, have, that are beautiful and have all sorts of people, want to take their picture and everything. You, you have to, we all have to get there. If you want to be first, you've got to be the servant of all. You're a son, but you don't act like a son in the sense of laying on the couch all day. Uh, you're still a son. You go out and you say, you know I'm a son, but I'm going to work like I'm a servant. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God. But now I'm a son. And you know, if you, if you are a devil worshiper, and I'm talking about in a general sense, but you're born again, but you're an ex-devil worshiper, you're still a son. Not a half son, not a like three eighth son, you know. How long did you do that? We'll, we'll, we'll ratio that thing out. No, full-blown, the same as everybody, him and Billy Graham sitting together in the heavenly places. So, you you know, if you think Billy made it, that's, that's probably pretty good. Amen? So, in, in Luke chapter 22, you're right there. Slip over to chapter 22. Or no, you weren't there, were you? D- Luke 14 then. Excuse me. I was ahead of myself. Luke 14. So, we're going to look at... Well, you know, because being a servant has always been a little bit hard on us. Like, like taking that posture... Because this kind of gospel talks about who we are in Christ. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the righteousness of God in him. I always, he always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. And so you can somehow lose out of that royalty and that reigning and ruling with Christ, you can lose the edge of a servant and washing feet and being, and being totally humble and not attributing or taking regard to yourself. It's a, it's a line that you have to walk. And if you get out of balance, it'll cause you uh, to, to stumble. Uh, uh, you know, heard it tonight from the jail again, about someone that just comes in there and just, and just rolls out with wormship. You know, well, I'm just filthy rags. I'm just, I'm just no good. I'm a worm, you know, and all that sort of stuff. You know, a minister, someone that's coming in there to minister, it takes it, it's a false humility. And I told him, I, I told uh, Brother Carlton, I said, you know, if we took what he said about himself and said it back to him, we'd have to brace ourselves for a fist fight. If we said, hey, wormy, Hey, you sorry old piece of rag, what, what, what's, what's happening today? You, you no good for nothing? We'd have to run. But, but he's willing to say about it himself. So, so there's a line there between, between being all that we are in Christ, but yet taking that and taking that, 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 that uh, position and submitting it back to God. That we don't have to, but we submit it back to God and say, Lord, I am the righteousness of God and I'm going out today and help somebody. And I'm going I'm to put aside my prosperity in the sense of, of just sitting here and saying, I got mine, do you have yours? And saying, I'm going to give, and I'm going to sow, and I'm going to bless. So you've you got to have both of them in there working and keeping us in balance. And so where do we go? Luke chapter 11? Uh, 14. Okay, in verse 11, he said, uh, he said, for whoever... Whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. Now, that goes back to Psalm 75, where he said that God raises up and puts down. Well, how does he do it? Well, whoever exalted himself is going to be put down. And that he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So, we're going to humble ourselves. Not self-humbling, not because you can't pay your bills or not because you got a, a, a bobo that won't go away or something, so you're humbled and you can't boast and crow about it like that. Not talking about that. I'm talking about when you are, you're full-fledged, got everything Jesus has brought, and you've got it in faith, and you still humble yourself in Him. Amen. Yeah, it's an attitude. It's a perspective. It's where I... You know, and Debbie's dad has always said that this, and, and you know, it just I keep telling y'all, he says, he told me, the rich never talk about their money. If you hear someone talking about their money, they hadn't got any. Because when you got it, you don't have to talk about it. Well, it's just much more than money involved there. Anytime, you know, when you're pretty, you don't have to say, look at me. We're all looking if you're really pretty. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Well, y'all get the point. Well, chapter 22, look at Luke 22. It just goes on, verse 26. Just, just hitting the high spots here. But ye shall not be so, verse 26, 22, 26, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. Okay, so he's saying here that if you want to be chief, and you ought to be chief, You ought to be chief. Don't say, well, that just means I'm left out. No, you ought to be chief. You ought to be the head and not the tail. But the way to do that is to go serve somebody and say, let me come help you. The least of, of, of those of the kingdom, let me come help you. Let me bring you up with what God's given unto me. Amen? Matthew 20. We'll quit with this part in Matthew chapter 20. Praise the Lord. Verse 27. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even Now, here's where we're going. Even as the Son of Man came, not to be ministered unto, but to minister. Now, get it straight. We're going to heaven. We are going to heaven first right out. I don't know exactly when that is and all the, the details, but I just know however it works. I'm on board. How about y'all? I'm confident. I'm sure about that. But until then... In this, what the Bible calls a vapor, this short life we have, just this, just this blinking existence, we are to lay aside our lives, to enjoy the benefits of being born again, but to lay them aside willfully and to minister to. The truth is, when you minister, you have more fun than when you're ministered to. Yeah. That, that's the reality of there is nothing more fun, more, more gratifying than to see Him move through you, And it humbles you because you can just go home and do it all you want in your name and nothing happens. And you operate in his name and in faith and it all happens. It's just a great divide there. You just have no doubt. It's him. It's all him. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, you know, you just get out there like the seven sons of Sceva and you, you, get, you get showed up pretty fast. Amen. So we got two things going on here. First of all, we see that serving and helping is a keystone. Y'all agree what Jesus said? He said, listen, if you'll you'll get humbled, you'll be exalted. If you'll serve, he'll put you out there. So that's a keystone. You could change your perspective or adjust your perspective and begin to serve someone. Everybody can. It's not like it costs $1,000 to join this club or you have to walk on glass or whatever. Everybody can serve. Y'all say amen, so I'll I'll know that we're... And so everybody can do that, and it's a keystone. It's, it's Sometimes it's a keystone is the one thing, not many things. Jesus told the, the rich young ruler, one thing thou lackest. Many times for many people, it's the one thing that exponentially advances their whole life. You go, how can that be? How can ushering and going back to the nursery? Miss Jennifer uh, Den is back in the nursery tonight, and many of you have been there many times. I'm, not, I'm just saying she'd rather be up here, I'm sure. Y'all are nodding your heads. I mean, nursery's fun, but it's, you know, it's serving. It is serving, and it's hard work in a lot of ways. But she's ministering back there right now, just like we do in all of our services and everybody in here does. But, but that then becomes the keystone to advance your whole life. So for an hour and a half of the baby ministry, you can advance your whole life. That's where you put one puts 1,000 to flight, and two puts 10,000. Because what else can you do for an hour and a half anywhere, in any realm, with any manner of expertise that will advance your whole life? There's nothing. Nobody in here that I know of, unless you're donating vital organs that you can't live without, is worth what the gospel says will advance your life for serving. It's a keystone. So someone that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prosper and I'm going to be great in the kingdom and God's going to use me, but doesn't, is not willing to minister, is wrong. Because the gospel is true and you can't get there. It doesn't matter how well greased the tracks are and who you know and what you got. It's not going to happen. Ultimately, it will fall off. And the second thing is that we see uh, here, from uh, the one can put a 1,000 to flight and two can put 10,000, is that unity and agreement are keystones. You got someone that can put a 1,000 to flight, but coming into agreement, 1 Corinthians 1.10 talks about coming together in the same mind and in the same judgment, speaking the same thing. We're not talking about just like you prayed and I'll say, uh-huh. We're not talking about just, you know, that kind, of, that kind of agreement, you know. Yeah, that sounds good to me. We're talking about at least two people that come together and, and, and take away or, or put aside all differences that are contrary to the success of what they both need. Coming together maybe for one or the other or for something even separate. Like in prayer, many times what we pray for most of the time is not even in this room. And when we do pray for anybody on Monday night that's in the room, it's, it's after we have taken care of the things that are outside of this room. Amen? And so, so when you can come in. Now, you'll always have people that will just wander in and, you know, just be, they just want to listen and be in it and everything. We're not talking about agreement there. We're talking about people that engage. Engage. They, they engage the kingdom business of the Father and they take it to heart, and they, they look at it, and they meditate it, and they look for the words to say that are accurate, and they get in the Holy Ghost, they begin to pray out uh, with a heartfelt expectancy to bring to bear the kingdom, to advance the kingdom. In other words, it's on the kingdom perspective. But being in that kingdom, when it advances, we advance with it. So two keystones we're looking at here is that, you know, you're going to have that, that expectancy that comes uh, from uh, serving and helping. I'm not talking about, okay, I'll volunteer and I'll go. We're not talking about that. We're talking about putting a heart of it on where you're just, you're just asking about. Now, this would be bizarre, but it happens all the time in other churches where they ask the pastor if they can go do things before he has a sign up. And just says, hey, I see a need. Can I take care of that? See, that, that's getting out there. That's, using, that's offensive faith instead of defensive faith. And so we, we become a servant. We begin to help one another. We begin to help other people. It becomes a mode. Now, you cannot discount that some people have a personality for helping. Some people just are helpers, and if they never got saved, they just are helpers. And some people need help. (laughs) You know, they never thought about lifting a finger for somebody else. They're just thinking, when are you going to get that done for me? And so both of us, both of those realms have to be in faith. You have to get in faith about it, and it has to be not a part of your personality, but a part of your spirit, part of this part down here, the heart. So these two keystones put together, we could do some things. The Bible says that faith worketh by love. Amen. But there is no love in competition. There is no increase in competition. Do you think about that? Because competition is me against you. So we're never together. We're always competing. There is no unity in competition because I'm trying to be better but and so there's no keystone in competition there's no exponential power in competition and so my point is here is the devil would love for us all way, all in all ways to be separate entities where we all have a little turf to guard and a little in a little area of self-promotion and self-preservation that we don't give up we don't relinquish so that we could be sure that if this thing goes out I'm still got some things that I can advance and, and many, many churches are built on that premise. And I'm proposing to you here at Word of Life Church that we just let anything that there could be or would be, we just let it go. And we just decide, and this is what the Lord's been putting in my heart all this year and part of December, is to be the reason somebody else increases. He... he, he <laughs> Spoke to my heart and said, be a part of their hope, their help, and their harvest. Find somebody and be a part of their hope, their help, and their harvest. Be a part of someone's hope, their help, and their harvest. Now, I have myself been, uh, since last year, for this church and then myself personally, sowing the word giving away CDs and, you know, just anything that I could put my hand on that I had that would help somebody that I had control over and just sewing it, sending sets and sending books and sending stuff pretty much everywhere, all, many states and certainly in Alabama and all over this city, and sending it to men and doing that men thing and then you know, just doing it, at tr- because I wanted to be a part of somebody's success. And then anything that's working for me, anything that, that I have come up with that's, that I'm going, man, I've never heard that before. That is that is good, you know, or whatever, calling a pastor friend. <laughs> One of them that I'm pretty sure he'll he will he he's a traveling guy, he will take it across the nation and his name will be on it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? in other words it wasn't his revelation it was it came to me he had no clue but and i'm just so you there's a little thing i don't know if you get that but there's a little thing in there that just wants credit and but then you have to stop yourself and say but it's the holy ghost i couldn't have thought of that on my own and you have to stop and say hey you didn't have a clue it was him and if he gave it to you you ought to give it out because how many things he belongs to all of us, and how many times have I taken something from over here and over there and put it in my sermon and then preached it and never said anything about those guys? Dr. Cole used to say, when he would quote somebody, the first time he would tell him he would say, Dr. Dudad says, as Dr. Doodad says, and then, uh, and then the second time he would say, as someone says, and then the third time he was to say, as I always say. <laughs> You know, hallelujah. So, so we, there are things inside of you, listen to me, you, just this group here and this church, that would so bring increase to somebody else if they were just lent. Wouldn't, wouldn't take much out of our lives. It would just be a, a one-portion gift but that it would be a 20- or 100-fold increase to somebody else. It would, it would take their life and take it somewhere else. If you've ever helped somebody, like get them born again or filled with the Holy Ghost, you realize, whew, you know, and especially if you were the one that was in their path and it was unlikely they would have got it any other way. You know, it's just like, well, of course the Lord's going to try to get some, but, you know, you, that helped their life immeasurably and I think about the events that surrounded us in 1980 getting spirit-filled, it was highly unlikely we were going to run into that path purposely. God just intervened and we just, you know, he just snapped us out and said, here, this is the Holy Ghost. And, you know, and it's just, I'm so grateful for them lending to me what was common to them. It was so powerful to me, but it was just their life. And you and I sometimes don't realize to the extent how great our lives are, but how needful somebody just next to you is of what you call common and routine. And so we got to, you know, instead of taking all your gifts and your energy and saying, I'm looking out for old Michael, you know, here, you know, stand back because I'm focused here. It's, It's me, 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 and here we go. And I'm giving God all the glory, but it's me, me, me. Would it not be more advantageous to stop striving... And just look around and say, I'm going to spend all my time, all my time, just washing feet, so to speak. How can I help you? What can I do? How can I do? And advancing someone else's life, look in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, this is, this is not a new concept. This is, just like, this is just like it's been in the Bible all along. It's not even verses you've never seen. But, wow, it could be powerful to us. Verse 8 says, knowing... Okay, let's go back up to verse 6. Verse 5 says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. Not with eye service, as men pleasers. And that's all competition is, is men pleasers. Because you know when you get a, ne- a level of competition, when you win the prize and they put you up on the podium and say, Gold medal! It doesn't last. The next day, you've got to stand up and say, and the whole world's moved on. You know when they have a funeral and and grandpa's gone and and Uncle Joe's gone and your brother's gone? The world does not stop. You get your day at at the funeral home and your day at the, 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 you know, and then the next day, everybody cooks an egg and, and washes the clothes and heads out to work and life just goes on. You ever dipped your finger in a, in, a, in, a, in a bowl of water and pulled it out and noticed there's no hole? Amazing. It just, it just it's like you were never there. Well, you, you, yeah, you're wasting your life. You, we got, it's like competition's not the answer. Men pleasers, they don't care. You don't care. You and them and me and them are all the same. You don't care, so they don't care. So we should just get off of promoting me. Promoting you, and I don't mean that we're in here going. We've got an ego, and we're trying to pull something. And you know, rich and famous. And no, we're all just we're all just too busy, in the sense of con- consumed, to take a stop and say, what can I do for those that God's put in my path around me? And I'm telling you, the Bible says that He multiplies our time. It says there in, ch- in verse. Uh, in verse uh, six, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with, with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. So if you were retired, if you had gobs of money and you if you were a man, your wife says, listen, you bug me all day. Would you leave the house at eight o'clock and not come back till five? and you don't like golf, and you don't want to shoot anything out in the forest, and so you're just like, what can I do with my life? i got money everywhere, and I'm, I'm physically able. You'd probably say, I need to go volunteer somewhere. Isn't that what we would do? So why don't we? Well, it's because I'm not filthy rich, and I, you know, my wife wants me to you know come back. and, and I, There's reasons, but they're not good enough to say, if I can't do the whole thing, I'll do nothing. There's room to, to edge in and so the next verse says verse 7 with good, uh, verse 8 knowing all that to say this knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth the same shall he receive of the Lord whatsoever good thing I look that word up in every way it can be made and it just means if you do it for someone else God will do it for you and when he does it, it's, it always turns out right. It's always on time. It's always enough. And I've noticed when I do it, I, I, about half the time, that'd be generous, I'm disappointed. Or I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's what I, what I needed. It's like, well, it worked, but would, could it have been better? When you do it for, let the Lord do it, it's like, that's as good as it could have been. I mean, i got, I maxed it out, and listen. That was good. And we're not talking about going out and being, you know, Mr. Servant, Miss Servant, where everybody knows, hey, they're on a a campaign. We just are behind the scenes helping folks and then watching the Word come to pass for our lives. Serving and in agreement. I've had people tell me in this church, you you know, about the vision that we have here, different parts of it. And I've had people tell me to my face and I'm not, I'm not, if you're the one, I don't even remember who you are exactly, but to say, you know, I agree with a lot of y'all have, but I don't agree with everything, which just left out there hanging is kind of a rough thing because you don't know what they don't agree with you about, you know, and so it just kind of leaves you, it, 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 tears the fabric and it just leaves a jagged. It just, it leaves you with a sense of separation and a schism and a division, it's like, uh, I wonder. But you don't dare ask because you don't really know why, you really don't want to know. And so you may be thinking that and you say, praise God, I never said it because he'd probably call my name, you know, whatever. But what I'm saying is, is we've got to go past that. And we've got to deal with everything that you don't really like or agree with or you wouldn't do it. And just say, you know, I'm just going to pretend I love that and just start acting like it. Number one, I'll tell you this, this is the big old truth. Sometimes things happen here at the church like they happen in your family and you can't tell everybody what went down. We had a, we had a man in our church in Seminole and he was a rooty tooty. He was a, a rootin' tootin' cowboy. His, his wife was precious, she was gold. And But this guy was just a crank. And we just knew if we just said, listen, buddy, you can't be an usher anymore. As a matter of fact, you are just fix this and don't do it. We knew that he would tell it through the church and it would just be strife. So the way we fixed it was because you couldn't tell it. In other words, you just, so you just, you just get up and say, You know, we're going to take a season of new ushers. We're just going to let all the ushers go, and uh, we're just going to do it by volunteers, and then at a time and a season when the Lord says we're going to bring them back. You you can't always tell the reason things go on, so you may not know why we're doing stuff, but it may be better than you thought. And so I'm just going to ask you tonight, this group right here, just in your whole life, not just at Word of Life, just to take little things that just grind you and just tick you and just like, "Mm mm-hmm, just to deal with them. Not just let them stay in your life. It's not that it's bothering me, but it's hindering you because agreement is a keystone that will advance your life. And and this church is a good place that you can come into agreement with. The Republican Party, sometimes President Obama, mm, I don't know, and the governor, (laughs) but here at Word of Life, you can hook up total. You can hook your wagon to this and you can say... We can do that. And if you'll pray for us, then God will protect you. He won't let anything bad happen, even if we're, you know, in the ditch or whatever. He'll protect you, and you'll be blessed. And then we'll have unity, and we do have unity here. People are amazed about the uh, units we have here. But I'm not talking about good enough. I'm talking about needing a keystone at Word of Life Church that sends us into another realm. And the other thing, I'm not looking for anybody to do, you know, I'm not looking for window washers and I'm not looking for, you know, a new uh, lawn person in the summer. We're not talking about anything specific. We're not, there's no, there's no thing, no motive for the future. I'm just talking about it's all just making an adjustment. What we talked about, just taking an attitude right there and just say, I'm going to sharpen that up and make that where I'm more willing and I'm more available and I'm just, I'm, and I want to, I want to. Amen. I tell you, healings will come easier. I tell you, the Lord can send more people into your life because His Word is true. He can send more people into your life to prosper you. In other words, checks in the mail and that sort of thing. You will see increase immediately. And it's so simple. It's such a small cost. And it'll pay off handsomely. Better than you could do on your own. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Lord. We can do it. We can do those two things. We can do them. We can do them. Hallelujah. They're both within your realm to do them right now. You can make the adjustment right now. Let's stand up and let's make that adjustment. I don't know anybody in here that needs it, but I'm just saying let's just give opportunity. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we make an adjustment. Lord, I thank you by the Holy Ghost in us that he just begins to quicken us and convict us of any area that we're not optimizing, both in serving and helping and assisting and aiding, and, Lord, any area that we've just kind of got sideways with somebody, and it's not costing or hurting them, but it's eating our lunch. Lord, right now, I thank you for revealing that, bringing it up in our heart. We'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. We'll make the adjustment, and, Lord, we'll be glad to do it And Lord, right now, by faith in Jesus' name, we just thank you for increase into my life. Increase into my life right now. Lord, I'm on the trail of having everything right so you can bless me. And in Jesus' name, I receive it now. Hallelujah. This is our best year. This is a great year. This is a year for the glory of God to be revealed and brought forth and to be demonstrated In Jesus' name, signs and wonders are commonplace. They are all the time and everywhere with anyone, and we give you thanks for that in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah.